4: Rob, let's get right into it. Big game tonight. Now, last night, of course, you had game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Nice little upset by the Miami Heat, who are playing great basketball. They beat the top-seeded Milwaukee Bucks, took down the Knicks in the second round, and now up 1-0 on the Boston Celtics, upsetting them in Boston. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But we want to start with the big game tonight, and that is game two of the Lakers Nuggets series. Rob, uh, Denver's up 1-0, got out to a huge lead in game one, and then held on for dear life uh, to win by six in Denver. Do you consider tonight for the Lakers, who are down 0-1, a must-win? Yeah,
3: I think it's a must win from the standpoint of uh, obviously if Denver wins they win their two games at home, they just hold serve and then you go to LA, think you could win your two home games and then it's a two out of three series. So li- realistically if they lose it's not the end of the world. Right, not what mathematically wonder, a must win. Right, right. But what you what you wonder about is can you uh can you, can you win four out of five if you lose that game against Denver? Like that's, that's what comes to play, Chris. Once you lose the the game, and every series that the Lakers have won this year, they won Game One, which tips the scales big time when it you take a game home on court the road. Advantage
4: right yeah, away. I
3: mean, it's it's huge, and it gives you the wiggle room. Do you know what I mean? To be able to do it, so I think it's very very important that uh you know that that the Lakers try to get this win if we see a re- repeat and I know Denver took its foot off the gas Chris in the fourth quarter and the Lakers made the game respectable and only lost by six and not by 30, but Denver had its way with the Lakers early on. so I'm just looking at it to say, I just wonder what would happen if. You know, they come out and run over the Lakers this time and beat them bad. Then you would have to question yourself and say, "Well, where are we really, and how do we match up with this team?" When you lose, when Anthony Davis scores 40 points in Game One and you lose, uh, then you you start to wonder. That that normally, I don't know. I bet you, if you took a look at Anthony Davis scoring 40 points, I doubt he lost many games when he scored 40.
4: Yeah, it um, I, I, like we said, obviously it's not a must-win mathematically. Uh, and I, I don't think it's a must-win psychologically because this same Denver team in the last round, Rob, they actually blew out Phoenix in the first two games. Remember, most people thought that thing was over. And then they go back for games th- two, three and four in Phoenix, and lo and behold, Phoenix wins. And it's 2-2 all of a sudden. And had the Suns had a just a smidgen, just a scooch, just a hint of depth. Maybe they win that series or at least make it a tough series and take it seven. But um, so Denver has shown that it can be, you know, beaten uh, on the road. And so I think it is not hard to envision even if the Lakers win tonight, that they go back to L.A., win the next two. And I think the most important thing for them in that scenario is that they've got LeBron James. They're led by LeBron, who's seen it all, who's come back from a 3-1 deficit to win an NBA Finals. So he's not going to be moved emotionally by being in a 2-0 hole. You don't want it. That's for darn sure um now could it affect the psyches of the role players like it won't it won't rock lebron but would it rock d'angelo russell would it rock Rui hachimura alani walker jared vanderbilt austin reeves i mean they seem pretty steely for a group of young players who's really never done anything in the playoffs so i'll give them that but um uh, that's what you question but this I can't wait. I mean, this is just a really intriguing series to me, Rob, because I think you know, we've got a gr- matchup of arguably I mean, if we don't count Giannis as a center, then I, I'm sorry, and I and I look, I think Joel Embiid was the MVP or if deserved it, the MVP, I voted for him. I got no issue with him winning it. But Jokic is better. I don't mean this year. I mean, he's just a better player. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think he is. Yeah, I mean, he, he just – now, he's not the defender. One reason I, – and I felt like MB was the better player for the past few years. And that was because because MB was such a, you know, a very good defender. And Jokic isn't much of a defender. He's not like a, a complete liability, but he's just not much of a defender – But, I mean, his offense, as far as what he does passing the ball, his rebounding is right there with Embiid's. And, obviously, the scoring at every level, block, mid-range, three. I just I got to give it to him. But I think, Rob, what you have is the best offensive center, arguably the best offensive center, going against arguably, and certainly in these playoffs, the best defensive center. Anthony Davis, like, we're getting a treat. You know, we always want to see Ewing and Wan. and we did see him in the finals in 1994. You had Shaq and Olajuwon in 95. But, you know, even Olajuwon and David Robinson back in the day, remember in the playoffs when when Olajuwon embarrassed Robinson because he felt he should have won the MVP over the Admiral. But... This is one of those, I'm just intrigued by this big man matchup, Rob. And they're such different styles, right? Anthony Davis, lean, athletic, you know, um, great blocking shots and protecting the rim. And then Jokic, earthbound, um, skilled, you know, beyond measure, uh, not athletic by NBA standards, not fast. Like, it's a it's a great. Matchup, up um, and I'm just enjoying it. But, yeah, I mean, 40 points from AD, like, here's the thing. You can't say – like, you got a monster game from him, and you lost. You're not getting 40. And t- now, I, Rob, I think – and Nick Wright pointed this out on the show is one of the few things I've agreed with him on. But I think the Lakers are better off with Anthony Davis getting 30 and 20. I'd even say 25 and 20 uh, rebounds, then 40 points and 10 rebounds. Would you agree with that? Yeah,
3: I mean, you're not looking for AD to have a 40-piece. I agree with that. Like, there's a lot of things you want to get from him. Rebounding, defending the basket, right? Some blocks. Yep. Those are the things that normally are going to be like, that. that's a great AD game. Not scoring 40 or 50 points. That just doesn't seem to be his. And then even in that game, I don't know, are those real 40 points, Chris, with a big lead? Do you know what I mean? Like it I, came think, after I, I the hear fact. you
4: because it, it didn't feel like 40. No, now, that's what I mean. I do think it was an impactful 40 just in that, or I should say maybe an important 40, because it did keep them within striking distance. And then in the fourth, you know, he scored in the fourth. I can't remember exactly how many points, but it wasn't like he didn't score much. So he he was contributing to that run in the fourth offensively as well. So it was an important 40, but you're right. It didn't have the feel of a typical 40-point game because they were down big, and he was just kind of keeping them within shouting distance, you know, with his points. Um, Jan, Or Jokic is... 34 certainly felt a lot more, a lot louder, I should say, than what A.D. did. Uh, but I, I'm just really looking for. I think LeBron, look, A.D.'s not going to give you 40. He might give you 27. So I think, Rob, LeBron's going to have to step up with a big game. I, I'm thinking 30 or more. Not that he goes out of the offense. I mean, within the offense, I like to see him driving the basketball, You know, if you take the three, make sure they're good three-pointers. Don't, if you're not, you know, you're not feeling it, don't settle. He can get to the basket when he wants. Um, I I think he needs to put his head down and go to the rack, Uh, get him 30-plus points because Austin Reeves had 23, Rui Hachimura had 17, and AD had 40, and LeBron had 26. So, and you still lost. So if if AD doesn't give you 40 and just whoever the two role players are, it might be Russell and Lonnie Walker for all we know, but I don't know that you're getting big nights from more more than two role players. You know what I mean? So LeBron's going to have to make up the slack scoring-wise as far as I I can see.
3: Yeah, I mean, they got their work cut out because those numbers don't come every day, Chris, and you can't be banking on that, and that's just – the reality of what they had to do and just to be able to, to lose close. You know, that was to lose yep. close.
4: Yep, yep. That
3: wasn't a win. If you won that game, you'd be talking about something totally different. But that didn't happen. So, so
4: you, you going with tonight? Denver.
3: I Denver. still think Denver wins tonight at home. I picked Denver
4: in game one, as did you. I'm going to go with the Lakers tonight. Um, and I think, Rob, it's a sneaky, not a must win, but Denver needs this. I mean, you know, because if they lose this game and then say go to L.A. where the Lakers haven't lost yet in the playoffs and drop that one, now you're down 2-1 and game four is a real must win for you. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So this is a big game. This is just as big of a, I would say this is just as big of a must win or certainly close for Denver as it is for the Lakers. Yeah, but I think
3: Denver also, I don't think they feel like they can't win a road game. This isn't a team that can't win a road game so uh, I hear what you're saying you don't wanna, you don't want to give up home field, home court right no team does so so that's why it's an important game but I don't think that if you come out of that one-1 one and feel like I, we could go to LA and get one game you don't need to win two you just need to win one but if they win this game I just think that they're in a great spot just from the standpoint of the other team the Lakers having to win
4: you know four out of five to beat no, you. that's tough to do against a really good team
0: Call 800 333 4K for details. Always drive safely.
5: Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10 year 100,000 mile powertrain and 5 year 60,000 mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good
1: care, and we'll see you there. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Be sure to catch live editions of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We are
4: opening up the second hour of the show with a special surprise Wow, for you listeners and for us. It is none other than Woody Page, the Denver Gazette columnist, Panelist on ESPN's Around the Horn, and our former colleague. And a friend of ours. Friend of ours. We used to be on Cold Pizza with him way, way way, 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 way back, back, back in the day. day. Woody, how are you?
6: Well, I told Brandon, your producer, that I'm breathing heavy because I'm so excited to be over with both of you guys. People may not know, uh, when I joined Cold Pizza in its uh, early years, Uh, They wanted me to do uh, uh, a show with another guy, and we went through several dozen uh, people that uh, we wanted to do it, and you two guys were among my three finalists that I wanted. (laughs) Mm, Hey, Woody, mm,
3: I (laughs) I remember that very vividly, Woody, and you were very complimentary after I had my tryout. And uh, and then of course it didn't happen. You got Skip Bayless, which is all good. And uh, but cold pizza. Uh, yeah, that, was, <laughs>
6: that, that wasn't that wasn't all good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but but in the old days, so we go back with this with the sports debate and where yes. where it is now and uh, and and all that. It was a lot of fun. But we're 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 so happy to have you on the show, Woody. We we really are. Well, I'm,
6: I'm excited about. Being with you guys, as I said, but uh, more excited about the game tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And before we
4: get to that, let me ask you this, because we definitely want to get to that. Um, you, as you mentioned, with cold pizza, you and Skip and first and 10, I mean, you guys were among the first. Obviously, Michael Wilbon, Tony Kornheiser were, I think, the first. But when you look back, or, or look now at the landscape around the horn and and first take and all the shows on FS1. Like, like what do you? How do you think that these sports debate shows have changed the landscape of sports?
6: I, I was having dinner last night with Bill Plaskey, who's also a panelist on Around the Horn, yep. and I was telling him about speaking to. I'll be totally serious with you. Uh, I speak to a lot of colleges doing Zoom conferences with uh, colleges all over the country, and I I tell tell young communications majors and journalism majors that five years from now, there's going to be something out there that we're not even aware of, that they need to be thinking ahead of YouTube. They need to be thinking ahead of podcasts, thinking ahead of sports debate shows. And this week we found out, as you know, that – Pat McAfee is going to join ESPN. Yep. Yep. And so we've taken these debate sort of uh, shows that are on Fox and on ESPN, obviously, and other channels, YouTube. Uh, we've taken them several steps over the last 20 years that I've been doing it. And I think we're seeing the next step in, in McAfee coming from YouTube and uh, Parts Unknown – to ESPN for probably two or three hours a day and bringing an entire new generation, I think, to, to the talk gender kind of shows that exist. You know, it used to be when I started, when I was a kid, let me go, go back. I'll make this real quick, guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your time's more important than mine. But when I was a kid, I listened to a guy named uh, Franklin out of Cleveland who did a radio sports talk show, and I thought, uh, Pete Franklin. I don't know if you ever heard the name. But yeah, thought, of course, sure Pete Franklin was,
3: yep. he was the original on the fan afternoon drive, and he had a show
6: in Cleveland,
3: Pete Franklin.
6: Yeah, and, and I used to listen to him in Memphis, Tennessee, where I grew up, and I thought, gee, that's something I like to do. He would have student, kids my age call him, and they'd say, Mr. Franklin, I have a question for you. Go do your homework. Get off the air. I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) And he was the first kind of Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless or B, whatever it might be. And I kind of carried that. Uh, Pete Franklin was an incredible uh, kind of uh, first original sports talk host who talked loud and was very opinionated. And I don't know that anything else was going on. So we've gone from the pre- Pete Franklin, and, and of course, Tony and Michael brought, uh, pardon the interruption, and we came along with a round of horn, and then Skip and I were doing cold pizza, and you guys both were on cold pizza yep, yep, uh, yep. pretty regularly. If and that was a different kind of slant when we were doing hardcore de- debate, if you would, on sports on cold pizza. And that then turned into uh, another show, First Take, which was on. And and now we've seen the next kind of generation with McAfee and his kind of approach to sports talk TV. And there are shows like You're On that are, I'm telling students when I talk to them that they need to be thinking about unique futures and what's going to come next and how it's going to be. I mean, we, at one, one point, and, and I'll shut up here, but at one point, uh, I believe that uh, The View, the TV show featuring mm-hmm. you know, five or six women, The View kind of took its concept because I talked, I was at a, a charity dinner in LA with uh, one night, and I was talking to one of the one of the hosts on the View, and they kind of took their concept from what we were doing in sports. Mm. So it's wow. expanded. You know, if you watch, if you watch uh, CNN or, or or Fox Sports, as uh, far Fox, Fox News, you'll see they're kind of doing. Yeah. The same thing that we do in sports now in politics. So it it's really taken a a, a bunch of twists and turns that you know, would almost seem like a roller coaster ride. No
3: no no doubt, Woody, no doubt. Let's talk about the game tonight. Uh Denver uh hosting the Lakers, uh you know, Denver Looked great for three quarters. I know took their foot off the gas. The Lakers made it a game, so people in L.A. feel good. Like they 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 figured them out. They figured Denver out, and they'll win this game. I know. I,
4: I, I'm, I'm with Mike, you. M- Michael Malone. Ain't happy about that. He exactly
3: <laughs> that that somehow he kind of you know gave it up. But anyway, uh, uh, tell us about tell us just about the the Nuggets. People were calling them the chicken McNuggets all year, but they are. Really good team. I, I, I like what I've seen this postseason, Woody.
6: I, I got it. I'm sure both of you know uh, on around the horn yesterday that uh, KD, uh, who's a professor at the University of Maryland, been a long time sports columnist, mm-hmm. and he said. You know, if they took a vote today for the MVP of the regular season, everybody would probably change their minds. (laughs) Because I think what – I was kind of laughing when you said that, but I'll I'll get into the uh, Jokic thing first of all, that I'm happy that he's being exposed on a national basis in the finals of the Western Conference because previous to this – the Nuggets games were always at midnight. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> on, on TNT there is and ESPN. People are getting to see him up close, and, and everybody's now watching this series because it's every other night. So I'm really happy for that, that he's a unique player in the history of the NBA. And, and we were talking the other day about, uh, as I said, Bill Plaskin, and I had dinner last night, and he, of course, thinks the Lakers have figured it out. And I said, "Of course." Do you think in a, think in a chess match after one move, uh, the other side figures it out? Right. Like Mike Malone is Mike Malone's not going to figure out something in return. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah, I. I, I so I kind of laugh at that. Oh yeah, we figured it out. Yeah they. They bought in a guy that played well for eight minutes against uh, the Joker. <laughs> and Now yep. that's the solution to the series. This is going to be back and forth. I picked it to go seven games. I picked the Nuggets to win because I'll give you two reasons. One, they have the home court for four mm-hmm. games, and I think this is a home court series. I think the, the, the Lakers will win at home. I think the Nuggets will win at home. And secondly, I think the Lakers, because of uh, – King James's age are going to struggle. They didn't in the first game. They're going to struggle at altitude. And that is a, that is a, a formidable uh, home court advantage. And I saw it against the Timberwolves. I saw it in the Sun series where teams made those comebacks, just like the Lakers did, but they ran out of gas. <laughs> mm. and, and even though it was down to a three-point game, I think if it had gone into overtime, the Lakers wouldn't have had anything left. That's my genuine thinking about it. So they had to win that game, I think. And I believe they put everything into, we got to steal this first game. And they came in early, as early as they could, trying to adjust to the altitude. And it didn't work out in the first game. And I expect the Nuggets to win tonight. But I think it's going to be a long, grueling series. Just like I think, uh, I, I thought, said on Around the Horn, that I thought Spolstra, everybody's talking about Jimmy Butler and talking about Tatum. I said, I thought Spolstra was going to be the difference in the Miami Boston series. Hmm. He's been in seven conferences. He finals might as be. Coach. Yep. And yep. I think he, he knows uh, that he can push buttons that really, you go back to Pat Riley, that Pat Riley was pushing when he was coaching. He learned from the best. And I think when you're going up against a rookie coach, who admitted in previous series he made some mistakes on timeouts, and and I, I just think the bolster will be the difference there. And I think that we're seeing two coaches here, and Ham and Malone. And it's easy for me with my blackboard to say something about ham and cheese, but I won't do that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what is, is it? You obviously covered Larry Bird some as well. Is it fair to call Jokic like a seven-foot bird?
6: You know, that's, a, that's, a, that's great. I, we, I think I was trying to get into that, that he's been playing Wilt Chamberlain-like in the playoffs. I mean, I did a column, guys, on on comparing Chamberlain and, and Jokic. And Chamberlain well, was the most incredible player, I, I, I think, overall in terms of domination. And he's got some Chamberlain in him because around the basket, Chamberlain can be stopped and Jokic can't be stopped around around the rim. Uh, He's got the passing ability of Magic Johnson. He's got the bank shots. He's got the three-pointer. He's got the basketball IQ of Larry Bird. He's a shooter. He can shoot from anywhere. And uh, for someone to ask me and they do, you know, who does he remind you of? He doesn't remind me of anybody. Mm. <laughs> he, is his, he is his own, his own self. So, uh, yeah, he he's closer to Larry Bird maybe than anybody, but you're talking about a difference of, what, about three or four inches yeah. and probably yeah. 50 pounds? Right,
3: right. <laughs> now, he's a unique guy, a unique player. Uh, and uh, he, he's had what a great year, and you're right. A lot of people had a hard time Woody looking at him and saying he should win three uh, MVPs in a row, and Michael didn't do it, LeBron didn't do it, but, but when you look at his numbers and look at what he's been able to do, and his numbers were very close to Embiid. I don't have a problem with Embiid or him if had he won it again. Yeah,
1: me
4: neither. Me,
6: right? me neither. I, I and Giannis,
4: I think, was in there too.
6: Yeah, I I felt like uh, voters got weary of yeah the Joker, and they wanted to give it to somebody else. And there was there was a strong you know feeling in in ESPN circles that uh, you know Embiid deserved it. I I had no problem with that. He led the league in scoring. Right, he was a dominant player both offensively and defensively, and why not share the wealth? I mean, really, let let other players win the MVP, and I can tell you, knowing him, Jokic, Jokic didn't care. I mean, he I believe like he that didn't care about the MVP, yep. but he—that's not important to him. He's got to do what what is necessary and to really have the entire nation say, boy, this is one of the all-time greats, and that's win a championship or at least get into the finals and and make it a, a, a good series.
4: All right. That's the great Woody Page, Denver Gazette columnist, panelist on ESPN's Woody. Around the Horn. Woody, man, it was great catching up with you again. Thanks for coming on. Rob,
6: Chris, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me to come on.
3: No yep. doubt, Woody Page. Enjoy P. the game stay, tonight, Woody. That's right, Woody, and stay well, my friend. Well, it my
6: age, that's my major priority over basketball games.
4: <laughs> 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 I hear that. I hear that. Thanks, Woody. See ya. Have you
0: ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? when we come through it's true magic because we came to play bring the magic at walt disney world resort
1: hey my name's jay shetty and i'm the host of on purpose i just had a great conversation with michael b jordan and you can listen to it right now michael is known for his performances in both film and television his breakout role was in fruitvale station
5: And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you
2: there.
1: Juan Gabriel. Juan Guis. Selena.
2: Selena.
1: Celia Cruz.
2: Azúcar. Carol G.
4: La Bichota.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
4: Rob, we we mentioned last night's game, the Heat upset the Celtics. And after what Jimmy Butler did, hereby known as Playoff Jimmy, everybody's been calling him that, and rightfully so. He dropped 35 points, 7 assists. Six steals, five rebounds in uh, the heat leading the heat to a 123-116 victory. And so a lot of people are saying he has been the best player in the playoffs and the best player left in the playoffs. Uh, he's been phenomenal. He has been awesome. There's no question, no doubt about it. Rob, I've said it. I can't recall the player that I've seen make as big a jump from the regular season to the postseason as Jimmy Butler. He, he goes from like being a, an all-star, and not even every single year an all-star, but an all-star, to being like a top five, at worst, ten player in the NBA, like in the playoffs. And um, all that said, though, Rob, I guess he's made the All-Star team six times. So he's, he's made it, obviously, several times. But he doesn't make it every year. Rob, he's only made it twice since 2018. <clears throat> now, some of that, it might be injuries. All, not, not much of it. But he just, yeah, that's my point. Sometime he All-Star. Um, I, as great as he's been, and he's been awesome. I think Nikola Jokic has been the best player in the playoffs.
3: Chris, I, I agree with you. Um, I know why Jimmy Butler gets the extra juice. He doesn't have the same roster. Like right. Like, to, to look at—he doesn't have the same roster. Well, give, him, give him credit. He doesn't have the same roster. But the Joker has played better. And Miami's looked at— as like the little engine that couldn't. But yep. let's be honest, Chris. This is the third time in four years of playing in the conference finals. Let's like act like they just came out of nowhere. I think that's the other part that people leave out when it comes to Miami. They're not new to the party, Chris.
4: <laughs> but, no doubt about it. Right? No doubt about it. Yep. yep. No doubt about it. And you're right. We do. We overlook them because of their roster. We do. And the roster the Name another ain't team great. that's been there, Chris, three out of four years. Right. They're it. They're it. Let me ask you this, Rob. As you may know, and I don't think you're on this, you have been on this bandwagon, but there have been people <laughs> shooting down the bubble. Oh, the bubble championship. Oh, the Disney. I just the said Mickey they won. Mouse everybody
3: played. I, I told you before, you, you can't have it both ways. That was what was presented to everybody, Chris. Did it help Did it help Anthony Davis and LeBron that they have four months off? Like those guys because of AD's injury history, Chris, and LeBron being older. Did it help? Yes, but it didn't mean that they were going to win a championship because no. they were rested. It, do- right. it doesn't mean that.
4: I don't, yeah, I, it's, like you said, it didn't give them any advantage no. over anyone else. And that's the thing. It was a, an even playing field for everybody. So I've got no issues whatsoever with the bubble championship. I I don't agree with LeBron that it was the most difficult championship to win. No, that That's going too far. But it's not better or worse than any other championship.
3: But that's LeBron adding to the sauce. You know what I mean? Like he put his own little ingredient. his,
4: his, His story.
3: Yeah, that's his story that he's telling, which is fine.
4: What what um, does it mean anything to you that and that was what 4 years ago, 3 3 the 4 seasons ago? Does it mean anything to you that those same four teams are now playing, you know, in the conference finals? Do you think some people said that, you know, kind of legitimized the bubble and for those that no. you know have have said it wasn't an equal championship, it's kind of you know, put a hole, shot a hole in their thinking.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't look at it. Well, I, I never thought it was illeg- illegitimate, Chris. So, right, it's just that these guys, these teams are good, and they made it back. But it does, it doesn't change anything. What happened then was then, and uh, and what's happened with these teams now is now. It's just, it's just different. And those teams were good enough to get there, Chris. They fell off a little bit, right, last year or whatever. And now here they are, what was that, two years ago? Two years ago, right? To bubble? Yeah, was that 2020? Four
4: seasons ago, 2020. Yeah, Yeah, it's not
3: like it happened. Yeah. And these teams were still good. And now, if you look at Denver, Chris, after that bubble, uh, Final Four kind of in the bubble, they had injuries, Jamal Murray, they had other injuries, and
4: now they're all healthy. They had the best record in the West. And trades Uh, and stuff, too. Exactly. The stars are the same, but the role players around them all are pretty much different.
2: Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse...
5: a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.
0: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic
5: novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast! podcast.